Let's go on to the word of God this morning. Shall we turn our Bibles to James uh, chapter 1 and verse 17. James 1 and 17. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. Coming down from the father of the heavenly lights. Who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows every blessing every good thing comes from god and here it talks about the nature of god it talks about how every good and perfect gift every blessing comes from heaven above comes from the father of lights uh he himself is the light the bible says there's no darkness in him uh he is a perfect god he's a god of perfection he lacks nothing and in what he does also he is perfect he uh, the bible says every good and perfect gift everything he does is good and everything he gives to mankind is perfect we read about the creation of the whole earth and the universe right in the first chapter of the bible how god created the heavens and the earth how god created the sun moon and the stars the planets how god made everything that is seen and unseen and when he created everything he created everything from nothing he brought everything into existence from nothing he called them into existence he spoke them into existence he said let there be light and there was light he said let there be the sun the moon and the stars to shine its light and there came these heavenly bodies he has the power to create by the word of his mouth he has the power to bring forth everything into existence even from nothing and that's how he created everything the sun moon the stars he created uh, the birds of the air the fish of the sea he created everything all the animals the reptiles and everything he created by the word of his mouth and when he made them all when they came into existence and he said it is good after each day of creation creating each one of these things he said it is good whenever god makes something it is always good it is always perfect you look at the whole solar system he look at the whole uh, planetary system the universe and everything and how every one of these uh, spin in their own orbits they don't clash with one another even uh, the axis is so perfect that uh, a little bit of tilt <laughs> a shift can put the whole uh, solar system and all our lives out of order it is impossible to imagine how what could happen uh, in case if there is something that goes wrong <laughs> with the axis of the earth with the way it goes around in its orbits and each of the planets if one thing goes wrong everything will collapse the whole ecosystem i mean if you are a science graduate you know better than what i am talking about i don't know much of science <laughs> a little bit <laughs> but you know everything is in order everything in is in its perfect proportion and that's why we are able to exist that's why we are able to breathe that's why 
uh, we are able to survive and god is a god of perfection and you see the perfection in even the way we are created as human beings just imagine if our nose was just upside down you can't make it one day without an umbrella if it's raining <laughs> amen in such perfection and order that he knows that the air pipes shouldn't be blocked by anything else and so he made it the way maybe you don't like the shape of how it looks like for yourself when you look at the mirror that's a different matter altogether that's a that's all about perfection in terms of how we like it in comparison to others sometimes but looking at everything that god has made it so perfect every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows he is the father of lights he is brilliant and amazing and more glorious than the sun itself is beyond the glory of anything which is natural uh, or anything which is of nature and anything which is created because he's an he's not a created being and the bible goes on to talk about his nature that he does not change like shifting shadows there's no shadow of turning in him he's an unchanging god he's not only uh, good and perfect in what he gives and what he does in terms of uh, what he has created but also in what he does in our lives as god almighty as god who is above all as god who is in control of everything as god who is in control of our own lives he does everything well when jesus was physically on this earth you know god is um everlasting in his existence he has no beginning there's no end but when god came into mankind stepped into mankind stepped into the earth and put on humanity you find jesus when he walked this earth and he did miracles signs and wonders and when he uh did amazing things he opened blind eyes he healed the deaf ears he made them to hear he made the mute to speak he made the uh, you know lame to walk he even rose people from the dead can anyone bring back to life after a person is dead he did such amazing things and this amazing god who was doing such incredible miracles is the same god who is present with us because the bible says there is no shadow of turning in him he doesn't change he's the same yesterday today and forever and about him when he, about the miracles that he did and everything that he spoke it says that he has done everything well the disciples the people the the crowds that gathered together to receive the miracles his touch his deliverance in their life they said he has done everything well and he does the same even today he does not change his nature does not change he's a perfect god he can do everything he can do anything and everything because he's the one who sustains all things by his powerful word there is no shadow of turning there's no shifting shadows in him when the sun moves you know from one side to the other side of the earth when the earth rotates for us 
we have a sunrise and then the sun is on the other side for us east to west we have shadows which are shifting all the time our own shadows or the shadow of buildings or whatever you you put outside in sunlight the shadows are always shifting but god does not shift and change like that there are certain things that god cannot do god will not do he will not change <laughs> his nature never changes he's a god whom you can trust man will change people change over time people change people make a promise at one time and say uh, i will be faithful to you in a relationship of marriage both the husband and the wife the bridegroom and the bride uh, commit to one another and promise to each other and saying i would be faithful to you until the very end but then you see so many who do not keep to that word they take an oath in an office to assume an office they take an oath but then they do not carry out the obligations of that oath and so you find people change people shift but god never changes the bible says about what he did for the people of israel in ancient times that you know all of the good promises that he gave to israel never changed he was faithful to fulfill all of the good promises that he made to israel the bible says that his promises are a and amen they are yes when he says yes it is a yes when he says no it is a no he does not change and so this morning we're going to look a little more into god's nature of how he does not change or how he cannot change there are certain areas there's that there is in his inherent nature he will never change we're going to look at about five of them this morning but before we go into that let me read for us another verse we let's uh, if we have a bible in our hands let's turn into psalm 18 and verse 30 psalm 18 and verse 30 the bible says as for god his way is perfect the lord's word is flawless he shields all who take refuge in him the as for god's way is perfect god's ways are perfect the lord's word is flawless we are all flawed men we have some flaw or the other at some point of time in our lives or we speak with good intentions we make promises with good intentions but then at some point we fail to keep them isn't it sometimes we do not have the resources so we don't have the capacity to do what we said what we promised sometimes we feel ashamed we feel ashamed of ourselves that we said we would do that we would, we said we will help someone we said we will give this and then we are unable to but god is never unable he's never in a place where he will be unable to do what he wills and what he has promised what his word says his words are flawless he's a perfect god because he has the power to do everything and he shields all who take refuge in him and this morning you and i have this great place that we can run into that is the name of god run into him run into uh, under his protection run to him to take refuge in him run for 
protection run for safety run to him for strength and help in times of need because he's a god whose ways are perfect his ways are perfect his words are flawless and so we can come to him with confidence so we can come to him with assurance so we can come to him and say god help me lead me show me the way sometimes we are in a place where we do not know the way we don't know what decision to take we have choices before us and when options multiply we are in a place where we are in complete utter confusion <laughs> if you are left with no option just one thing to do it's easy but with many things that we could do and many decisions that we have to take and we are so confused but god's ways are perfect where god is able to lead us because he already knows the end from the beginning so we can trust him and come and take refuge in him as a perfect god as a god who does not change like shifting shadows we're going to see what god cannot do <laughs> we always love to hear what god can do and we are very familiar with many things that god can do we are familiar with his power with his work but with learning what god cannot do or what god will not do you understand his nature in a new perspective let's go on to that this morning god cannot lie he's a perfect god <laughs> god will not lie god can never lie god cannot lie numbers chapter 23 and verse 19 says god is not human that he should lie not a human being that he should change his mind does he speak and then not act does he promise and not fulfill numbers 23 19 god is not human that he should lie he is not a human being that he should change his mind does he speak and then not act does he promise and not fulfill he's a god who will never lie he will never promise one thing and not carry it out and do something else that is human nature he's a perfect god who does not shift like changing shadows he's the same god who is truthful and faithful in the past he's the same god who will be truthful and faithful to us now he will also be truthful and faithful in the future also he is a god who is faithful to fulfill his promises even for a thousand generations the bible says and we see an evidence of that in the record of how he dealt with the people of israel all through history from the time they were called to be a nation what he promised what he spoke what he desired what he designed what he told the people of israel he carried them out he was faithful to them even when they were unfaithful he continued to be faithful even when they did not respond to him in loving him back he continued to love them because he promised that you know they are the apple of his eye that he loved them with an everlasting love that he uh, you know never would change he held on to his promise he said i have betrothed you in faithfulness in love 
like a bridegroom would betroth himself to the bride and so he loved the people uh, whom he chose and he loved them so much so dearly even though they did not respond to him even though they were unfaithful to him even though they displeased him even though they turned their backs to him even though they disobeyed him he continued to love them he never changed what he promised he did it he's not a god to lie he's not a man to lie he's not a man to change his mind does he speak and then not act does he promise and not fulfill he would never speak and not act he would never promise and not fulfill his promise hallelujah the word hallelujah means praise the lord hallelujah is a hebrew word hallelujah where we say hallelujah we praise him for who he is praise him for his nature praise him for what he has done god can never lie another aspect of his perfection what god cannot do god does not show partiality he would never be a partial person amen the bible says in acts chapter 10 and verse 34 and 35 acts 10 34 and 35 then peter began to speak i now realize how true it is that god does not show favoritism Acts 10, 34, 35. This is Peter speaking to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. In the ancient Roman world, Peter began to speak. Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, is speaking here. And he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. But accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to his people, the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace. through Jesus Christ who is lord of all he is the lord of all he is the god of creation even when people do not know him even people even though people don't acknowledge him even though people do not worship him even though people do not recognize him even when people do not know him who as who he is he still is the lord of all creation and the bible says that he does not show favoritism he doesn't say oh christians i love you all others i don't like you <laughs> he doesn't say oh you are a person who prays every day and so i love you more and i love those who don't pray much i love them less he loves everybody the same He died on the cross, gave his own life for everybody. He doesn't show favoritism. He died for all mankind. God so loved the whole world, the Bible says in John 3:16. God loved the world. God loves you the same way he loves your neighbor also who does not know him. God loves you and loves the one who doesn't go to church also the same way he loves you. Hallelujah. And the Bible says he causes the sun to rise on the righteous and the wicked. He causes rain to come upon the righteous and the wicked. What kind of a love is this? Doesn't it sound so unfair that he would do the same for the righteous and the unrighteous? But that's who God is. God never shows favoritism. Hallelujah. 
God is never a partial God. He never does things that, you know, would show someone to be someone super special for him. There are no pets for him. Some people think they are a special pet for God. And then they start demanding, you know, from him that they should get more blessings than what their, you know, uh, friends get. But God never does show favoritism. The way he would bless you is the same way he would bless someone else. Maybe it looks different in our eyes. <laughs> For us, we measure things from worldly standards. His way of measuring things are completely different. We have no idea and we have no right to challenge or question the way he would do things. For us or for someone else. <laughs> he is God. God is God and man is man. And so... He does what seems best to him and he's a righteous God. He's a God of justice. To him, you can go for justice because he's not a partial God. He will do justice. He will never let injustice overcome him. You can believe him. You can trust him that he will do justice in your case. He will do justice for your cause. Because he's an impartial God. How often we say, we feel, oh, it's so unfair. And God is, you know, seeming to be favoring those who are against me. We want God to get mad at those people whom we don't like. Are you with me this morning? Hello? We want God to get mad at those whom we don't like. But remember, he's a God who does not show favoritism. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's mankind. That's human nature. We, we don't like somebody and we wish ill for them. But God is an impartial God. And so even though there are flaws in someone else's life and they have done injustice to us, he still loves them. Can I tell you something that you may not like so much this morning? We are also flawed and he still loves us. And so why shouldn't he love someone else also who's flawed? Amen. Doesn't that make sense? We are flawed as much as someone else is flawed. And the problem is we see other people's flaws more bigger than what is wrong with us. That's why Jesus said, first remove the plank that is in your eyes before you find the dust, a speck of dust in someone else's eye. We, are, our eyes are hidden to the plank that is in our eye, but we are looking at the, you know, speck of dust in someone else's eyes. And then we are judging and saying, oh, God must stop that blessing in that person's life and teach them a lesson. God must do something in such a way that they will learn a hard lesson. What if God thinks the same way for us? Where would we stand? God does not show favoritism. Hallelujah. Amen. These are some hard facts to digest. 
God cannot lie. God will not lie. God does not show partiality. God does not show favoritism. Read with me also in Isaiah chapter 46 verses 10 and 11. Isaiah 46, 10 and 11. I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come? I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. Here it talks about God's foreknowledge of everything. And God's power, God's uh, omnipotency, God's uh, nature that where he is all powerful. God's omnisciency where he knows everything. So the third thing which we're talking here about what God cannot do or what is not uh, in the nature of God. is that god is never unaware of anything that's the third point when we say god is perfect god is a god who is never unaware of anything he knows all things at all times he's never unaware he's never caught by surprise he never scratches his head and say oh i never thought this would happen that's what we would do because we don't know the future we have no idea of even what's happening in the present <laughs> we we are such a limited beings but god is a limitless being who knows everything omniscient he knows everything he knows the end from the beginning from ancient times what is still to come he says my purpose will stand and i will do all that i please whatever pleases him he's sovereign over all he's never at a place where he has to make a choice and then he's confused <laughs> he's never at a place where he has to make a choice and he's left in confusion he's never at a place where he's in the dark and he does not know what to do he is never at a place where he is unaware of anything he is a god who sees he is a god who knows he is a god who has all the power to do whatever he thinks and he wills to do and he says my purpose will stand and i will do all that i please from the east i summon a bird of prey from a far off land a man to fulfill my purpose what i have said that will i bring about what i have planned that i will do he can make anyone to work anything for him from far off from a distant land he will summon a bird of prey a bird will that will come and pray if i mean this is in the context of where he is judging the people of israel and bringing about a punishment for the people of israel when they had sinned against him and so to fulfill that purpose he says i can call a bird of prey from anywhere i can use any nation any man any king any kingdom to do my purpose and so he is never unaware of anything he's a god who is in complete awareness of all things concerning our own lives as well hallelujah 
how often are we caught by surprise how often we are in confusion how often we find ourselves you know at the crossroads of life not knowing which way to turn we don't know should we move forward should we le- move left or right or should we take a, take a u turn we don't know the way we simply don't know the future we don't know what will happen the next moment we don't know what will happen tomorrow but we know who knows our tomorrow <laughs> hallelujah we know the we know the one who holds our tomorrow <laughs> we know the one who knows our past we know the one who knows our present we also know the one who knows our future and by knowing him you can be secure and you can find refuge in him because he's that perfect god in him there is no shadow of turning when we say he's a perfect god doesn't mean that he is somewhere great and wonderful and perfect cut off from us he's a god who is very much in present in the lives of people and the bible is a complete record of god's intervention in the lives of people in the lives of nations the lives of kings and the lives of people obscure men also god is never unaware of anything and so sometimes we come to this question if god knows everything then why does he permit problems in my life has anyone asked that question <laughs> and that's the most difficult question he knows that this is going to happen and he has all power then why didn't he prevent that from happening he knows that i will fall he knows that i will go the wrong way he knows that i will commit sin why didn't he then prevent me why can't he prevent my husband from going that way why can't he stop my son yes he can but he does not because his foreknowledge does not cause the happening because he knows the end from the beginning that knowledge foreknowledge does not is not the cause of whatever happens god has given us the free will the freedom of choice because he created us in his own image and because we live in a fallen world a world that is filled with sin a world that is filled with evil a world that is filled with suffering a world that is under a curse because of the sin of mankind where curse is a consequence of sin and because we live in this fallen world where god did not intend for man to commit sin but man made the choice of sin and sin has come into mankind and every generation that is born even while we are born the bible says that we were our mothers gave birth in sin we were conceived in sin the sinful nature in our blood stream and so because of that the effects of the fallenness of man and the effects of the sinfulness in this world affects everybody even the innocent and god has given the freedom of choice for man but also tells man that there's a consequence for every action every action has a equal and an opposite reaction that's science but that's pretty true because what you sow is what you reap the bible says <laughs> and so 
we find the effects of evil in the world and god allows people to live their way but he has also given principles as to how man should live by the, the truth of the matter is god has given principles as to how man should live god has written his word instructions for life and godliness and so by that you know that if we go the wrong way it's going to if we take fire in our hands it will burn right if we take fire in our hands it will burn and by the knowledge of the consequence of what will happen when we not when we don't make the right choices in life and we are not living by the principles and the teachings of scriptures we know that we will suffer the consequences that's why he has given us his word so that we will live right and not blame him for everything that happens so we need to understand that god is never unaware of anything that does not mean that because god knows the end from the beginning he knows what is going to happen and so he is not necessarily obligated to stop everything he gave his instructions and he said the day you eat this fruit in the garden of eden you will die and so man is suffering the consequences but thanks be to god because god did not allow mankind to uh be doomed in the consequences of those sins he came down from heaven to earth because man cannot be redeemed by himself man cannot save himself from sin man cannot save himself from the consequences of sin the bible says the wages of sin is death and so the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord and so jesus came god himself took upon flesh god came reaching out to man to come as a human being and to live this life and to suffer in this world and take the punishment of the sins of all mankind upon himself that's why he died on that cross so that man will not have to suffer all the consequences the eternal consequence of sin the eternal consequence of sin is destruction in hell eternal damnation in hell and so god said let not man suffer he loved the world so much that he himself came and took upon humanity he was born in virgin mary as a human being put on flesh and blood this immortal god this god who was never created came into stepped into creation and then lived this perfect life sinless life we talked about how god can never lie yes that's the kind of nature he has and he lived that as a human being he was truly human and truly divine at the same time when he was on this earth and he and he lived in this world and he, even though he was tempted of sin he never yielded to the temptation he never sinned in his life and then he died by suffering on the cross he took upon himself a capital punishment of a cruel gruesome a punishment which is exercised in a very barbaric way of crucifixion of torturous killing in the then known ancient world he suffered because he wanted to take the punishment of the sins he paid the price for our sins he wanted to take that punishment that should be duly ours he took upon took it upon himself and he died and he was buried and on the third day because he was god he had the power to give life he has the power to take life and so he came back to 
life. He rose from the dead on the third day. He ascended back into heaven to live forever and ever. And for those who trust in him, he delivers them from the consequences of sin. The eternal damnation in hell. If you trust in him, even this morning, if you put your trust in and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I do not want to suffer the consequences of my sinful life. Yes, we may not be uh, horrible criminals or, you know, brutal people or liars or murderers or adulterers. We are not sinful in that way. But we are all born with a nature of sin. We all have sinned and fallen short of God's standards, the Bible says. And so when we put our trust in him and when we ask him to forgive us of our sins, he forgives us and he has, he's the only one who has authority to forgive sins because he himself was a perfect one. He's perfect. And so he has the power to forgive sins because he's God himself. He forgives us and gives us the hope of eternal life. This is the way he, he made. Even though he's aware of the that we will fall, even though he's aware that bad things will happen, even though he's aware that there's evil in this world, and even though he, is, he knows the end from the beginning, he doesn't stop them, but he has made a way of escape for us, that we will not suffer the consequences of the sin and the curses that come because of sin. As we put our trust in him and we accept him into our hearts, into our lives, and ask him to forgive us of our sins. He forgives us. He gives us a new life. He takes away the guilt of our sin. He takes away the shame. He gives us peace in our hearts that passeth all understanding. He gives us a peace that the world cannot give. And by that experience, you know that you've been delivered from sin and sin does not have any more control over your life. You have the power to live a holy life because he himself is holy. And when you receive him, he comes and resides in you. And that is simply by faith, by just trusting him. You just have to welcome him into your life. And he comes and takes over your life and he makes all things new. And by that, you find that you have a way of escaping evil. You have a way of escaping the consequences and the eternal damnation that comes as a result of sin and the fallenness of mankind in this world. And so God is never unaware of anything. God is never unaware of anything. He says, I know the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come? My purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Whatever he wills, whatever he thinks, whatever he purposes, he is has the power to execute it. He has the power to fulfill it. You go on to read also in Job chapter 23 and verses 8 to 12. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. This is what Job says about God. Wherever I go, I don't see him. But he, know, but he says, but he knows the way I take. <laughs> I don't see him with an, in my naked eyes. But I, he knows the way I take. Job 23, 8 to 12 we are reading. If I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as fine gold. He knows the way I take. There's nothing which is hidden from his sight. 
he knows our hearts also psalm 139 verses 7 to 11 psalm 139 verses 7 to 11 where can i go from your spirit where can i flee from your presence if i go up to the heavens you are there if i make my bed in the depths you are there if i rise to the wings of the dawn if i settle on the far side of the sea even there your hand will guide me your hand will hold me fast if i say surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me even the darkness cannot be will not be dark to you when darkness is not dark for him he sees through the darkness the night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you even darkness is like light to him he is never unaware of anything where can i run away psalmist king david says where can i go from your presence where can i hide myself whether if i make my bed in the depths of the ocean or if i go on a mountain top wherever i go whatever time of the day or the night whether it's in the light or in the darkness wherever i am you can find me you know me the bible says his eyes go to and fro over all the earth also go on to jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 10 i the lord search the heart and examine the mind this is more powerful than ct scan pet scan what are the scanners there mri cat scan whatever scan this scanning mission is so powerful this is greater than mind reading <laughs> jeremiah 17:10 i the lord search the heart and examine the mind he searches the heart of a man he examines the mind to reward each person according to their conduct according to what their deeds deserve he's never unaware of anything no one can think that they can do injustice or they can do evil or they can commit sin or they can harm someone and get away with it he says i search the heart i know the mind i reward each one according to their conduct for some they they think that they can hide behind their high positions in life they think that they can manipulate others arm twist others by their power and position with their muscle power their money power they think that because they are in power or they are in high positions that they can do anything and get away with it but there is a god who is watching over every act every thought every intention every motive of man the heart the mind he knows what is even spoken and plotted and schemed and planned behind closed doors are known to him even without a bug fixed <laughs> under the chair <laughs> he knows everything and he is he sees everything to reward each person according to their conduct according to what their deeds deserve he's never unaware of anything did that answer your question why wouldn't god prevent evil why wouldn't god prevent if he already knows what's going to happen why wouldn't he stop it he said to 
do things in his sovereign wisdom he is a god who is perfect amen we think in our terms we think in human terms we think with our limited logic and our understanding but we need to understand there is a god up above who knows far and wide greater and beyond what we can ever think or imagine and the way he processes things and understands and knows and does things uh, is far beyond how what we know or how we can understand life amen but the good news this morning is that he's a perfect god <laughs> and you can trust him hallelujah he's perfect in all he does and we can trust him and so he's never unaware of anything firstly we looked at god cannot lie secondly we looked at god does not show partiality thirdly we looked at he's never unaware of anything at any given time fourthly god never intends evil he cannot sin not that he does not have the freedom of choice but by his very nature he does not sin he cannot sin he's god he's pure he's holy he's a holy god we need to ask ourselves the question you know am i holy that's where the difference is between god and man man is not holy god is holy james chapter 1 and verse 13 James chapter 1. Let's read verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil. He cannot fall to a temptation. He will never yield to a temptation. That's beyond his nature. <laughs> to yield, to fall, to sin. is not part of his nature god cannot sin not because he lacks the free will to do so but because it would be inconsistent with his character and his nature god cannot sin because it would be inconsistent with his character and his nature it would not go it would not tally with his nature his nature is not a nature of sin he is god he is divine and he does not have the nature of sin in him at all and someone may ask this question quoting from isaiah chapter 45 verse 7 it seemed to be like it is contradictory read isaiah 45 and verse 7 i form the light and create darkness i bring prosperity and create disaster in the king james version it would say i create good and i am the author of evil i the lord do all these things <laughs> oh we just read in james 113 that god does not do sin commit sin or god does not intend evil god cannot be tempted to commit sin god will never do commit sin but isaiah 45:7 seem to be contradictory but this is that's where you need to read scripture in its context Isaiah 45 is talking about how God is purposing to punish the people of Israel. He's a God who is good, but also he 
purpose is to punish israel for their sin and so he intends to bring evil on them as a aspect of judgment and justice that he is doing by bringing punishment on them where he says i will bring evil this is not about where god is the author of moral evil this is the aspect of god is bringing physical evil of punishment for sin if god does not punish sin then he is not a just god are you with me if he will not punish injustice he is not a just god when we say god is all loving it doesn't mean that he will overlook sin that he will turn a blind eye to sin and injustice he will punish sin he is loving at the same time he is a god of justice as well he's that's why the scripture says he is perfect there are no turning in him. there is no turning like shadows in him he does not change he is not the author of moral evil he is not the one who instigates sin no he is the one who is bringing evil in terms of punishment physical punishment physical evil as a punishment for sin which is a requirement of his justice and righteousness are you with me this morning amen hallelujah and so that is what he says there when it says in isaiah 45 i bring light and darkness i bring um good and i also bring evil so god never intends evil god cannot sin even when people turn their backs on him even when people sin against him he still was willing to forgive them of their sins he never intends the destruction of the sinner he wants sinners to be saved hallelujah by punishing he showed he shows mankind that sin has its consequence that man will be aware of who this god is and so he punished the people of israel and so he punished those who oppressed israel also but god does not desire the destruction of the sinner he wants all men to be saved he does not want anyone to perish the bible says for god so loved the world that he gave his only son jesus into this world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life eternal life and so god's desire is to the is the salvation of all is that everybody will escape hellfire is that everybody will escape evil that everyone will be freed from sin that's why he came from heaven to earth that's why he suffered and died and rose again that's why he paid the price that's how much he loves so god never intends evil nor can never commit sin and that's why the bible talks about him in hebrews chapter 4 that even though he was tempted in every way yet he was without sin even while he was on this earth physically 33 and a half years as he took upon humanity as he took put on flesh and blood and became a human being born in a virgin he lived in this world but with a sinless life even though he was tempted in every way but yet was without sin why did he allow himself to be tempted the devil came and tempted him after he had fasted and prayed he was tempted in every way 
but yet he did not sin because it was not in his nature to commit sin he had the power over sin and so fifthly we're going to talk about how god is perfect god's word never returns void isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 In fact, 10 and 11, we read Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word never fails. God's word never will return void what God has spoken will be fulfilled God is perfect as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making the earth to bud and flourish that it yields seed to the sower and bread to the eater so is God's word the word of god whatever god has spoken in his word will come to pass will be fulfilled his promises will come to pass he has the power to do it and also he's a god who is faithful to his word he keeps his promises he's not a, just a promise making god he's not just a promise giving god but also a promise keeping god he fulfills his word he has the power to fulfill all that he says because he can call things that are not as though they were he can call things that are not as though they were hallelujah he can bring things which are not existent into existence by his power and so when we talk about a perfect god a god whose word will never return void what he has spoken what he has uttered what he has promised what he has said about us in his word will certainly come to pass he promised that when we believe in him he gives us his forgiveness of sins and peace that the, he gives us his own peace he promised that that he gives us power over sin He, he saves sinners from sin and he delivers them from the bondage of sin and the power of sin in their lives. So many people who are, who are addicted to sin where even therapy and many treatments couldn't help when they came to Christ and they gave their lives over to him. He forgave them of their sins. He delivered them from the power of sin and they began to walk free. delivered from addictions delivered from drug addictions delivered from drinking habits delivered from depression delivered from psychiatric problems delivered from medication delivered from addictions you see that his word comes true and real in the lives of people sinners become saints it's not just a matter of title it's not by old age but not by virtue of some title that a person receives after the person is dead and gone but even the worst sinner is brought down to his knees and has a change of heart change of mind and lives a transformed new life that only jesus can give hallelujah and that's his power 
and and what and that is what he has promised and that is what he has spoken in his word and as the scriptures is about redeeming saving man from sin you find people saved from sin all over this world all over this world even today people delivered set free from sin and are able to live a new life a clean life adulterers leave adultery and begin to be faithful to their spouses wayward children repent of their sins disobedient sons who prodigal sons who've gone away walk their own way in their lives turn around and come back to the right path come back to their homes come back to their families are restored back husbands and wives who were separated who were divorced get restored back once again because god intends the coming back of husbands and wives together for he said what god has joined together no man shall put asunder hallelujah so god does powerful things what no man can do problems that no man can solve god does because his word says so that he can handle any problem that everything is under his control he has a power over everyone and every situation and so as according to his word his word gets fulfilled his word is accomplished in our life it does not go void hallelujah anyone who trusted his word would never go disappointed amen anyone who has put their trust in his word will never be disappointed the bible says in romans chapter 5 and verse 5 your hope will not disappoint you God has poured out his love into our hearts by the holy spirit and that hope that you have in him does not disappoint God's word never returns void your trust in him will never fail he will never fail you when you trust in him hallelujah so god is a perfect god we talked about five aspects of god's nature how every good and perfect gift comes from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows he does not change we talked about how god cannot lie god does not show partiality and thirdly we talked about how god um is never unaware of anything at any time how god never intends evil and god cannot sin how god's word never returns void god is a perfect god in him you can come and take refuge as we read from psalm 18 and verse 30 as he is perfect as for god his way is perfect the word the lord's word is flawless he shields all who take refuge in him and so would you come to this perfect god this god of perfection who is trustworthy who is trustworthy so today we live in a world where it's difficult to trust anyone even the most trusted things fail even the most trusted systems fail even the foolproof systems with backup plans fail the most developed nations and the greatest technologies that should sustain without failure fail even the most trusted men of good character fail but god's god is perfect as for god is way is perfect the lord's word is flawless he shields all who take refuge in him hallelujah 
So we can come this morning and take refuge in him. Run to him. Come under his covering. Come under his protection. Come under his mighty hand. Come to him and give our life to him. And be assured that he is perfect. His ways are perfect. His words are flawless. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He will never lie. He will never intend evil. He never commits sin. He's a God who is perfect. His word will never return void. He's never unaware of anything. Hallelujah. He's a God who is perfect. Would you give your life to him this morning? Would you trust him in a new way? Would you come and take refuge in him? He is able to sustain you even the mo- in the most terrible of times. Even the most you know, stormy days of life. You can still take refuge in him because you can say, My God, his ways are perfect. His ways are perfect. His word is flawless. Shall we pray this morning? Commit ourselves to God's hand. As we close our time together, let's just pray. And ask God, Lord, your ways are perfect. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing that chorus that says, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His ways are perfect and all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness, without injustice, good and upright is he. Hallelujah. Shall we just close our eyes in prayer and as we sing this song prayerfully, let's commit ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I give my life in your hands. You're the God who does everything well. As a God who of perfection, he does everything perfectly in our lives. The Bible says God works all things for our good. For those who love him and who are called according to his perfect purpose. Jesus, ascribe greatness. Jesus, ascribe greatness to our Lord, our rock. His ways are perfect. And all his ways are just. Ascribe greatness to our God the rock. His ways are perfect. And all his ways are just. The God of faithfulness. Without injustice, good and upright is He, a God of faithfulness, and without injustice, good and upright is He. Ascribe greatness to our God, our rock. His way is perfect and all His ways are just. Ascribe greatness to the Lord, the rock. His work is perfect. 
and all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, good and upright is he. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, good and upright is he. Shall we sing that one more time? Scry greatness to our God the rock. His work is perfect and all His ways are just. Ascribe greatness to the God our rock. His work is perfect and all His ways are just. The God of faithfulness and without injustice, good and upright is He. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, good and upright is He. God of faithfulness. Amen. We trust Him. God of faithfulness and without injustice, good and upright is He. A God without injustice, good and upright is He. Hallelujah. Shall we lift our voice and just thank the Lord this morning that we have a God who is perfect to whom we can run to all the time. He's not away from us. He's with us. Hallelujah. He's right beside us, willing to help us, ready to help us. Hallelujah. He's a very present help in times of trouble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can run to him even this morning. Brother, sister, if you are a person who is in need, would you run to him this morning and say, Lord, I need you, Lord. Lord, I need your help, oh God. You're the God who is perfect. Lord, who is flawless in your word. And I trust in you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're not a man to lie nor a son of man to change your mind. You're not a God who, Lord, turns like shifting shadows. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're the same unchanging Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the same unchanging Jesus. Unchanging Jesus. Unchanging Jesus. Yes, he is just the same, unchanging Jesus through eternity. Sing it out. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Take it higher. Hallelujah, take it higher. He is the same, unchanging Jesus, unchanging Jesus. Unchanging Jesus, yes, He is just the same. Unchanging Jesus through eternity. Put your hands together. Everybody. 
Let's sing together. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He is the same unchanging Jesus, unchanging Jesus, unchanging Jesus. Yes, he is just the same unchanging Jesus through eternity. Hallelujah, 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 oh hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are the same unchanging. Yesterday, today and forever, you remain the same. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you this morning for Lord speaking to us and reaffirming to us that you are a God who never changes, Lord. You're the God whom we can trust always. You're the God to whom we can run to all the time. Hallelujah. Father, we pray your blessing upon everyone. Lord, whatever be the need this morning, any person has come with, oh Father. I pray this morning in the name of Jesus that a miracle will happen in their life. We pray that problems will be solved, their sickness will be healed. Lord, that they will be delivered from every situation, every oppressing situation, oh God. We pray that in the name of Jesus, that you will show forth yourself as the one who is perfect in all you do. Hallelujah. That your word is flawless and true. Father, we pray that you will, Lord, show it forth again in our lives and through our lives, Lord. Lord, to the world that is watching us, O oh Father. We pray your blessing upon everyone. Send us with your heavenly blessings. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.